Another week, another Richie Daniels special background. Uh, I guess people listening to this will appreciate Richie's backgrounds. But, um, well, I don't even know what stand that's called. Do you, do you Richie? I, I haven't got a clue, to be honest. It was just the best picture I could find, really. The best picture of a stand at uh, Shrewsbury uh, that Richie's got as a background. So, uh, nice to see you, Richie. Yeah, I'm good. Everyone else all right? And Alex is fighting... I'm going to say fighting some internet issues. I don't know, maybe it was just a glitch at the start. But Alex has a less exciting... Ivy, I don't know what it is growing out at the top there. What you got? Um, it's actually fake oh, flowers, fake, fake IKEA leaves. or whatever. It's fake IKEA, yeah. So I think Richie takes the background prize. Richie's got the prize. Yeah, I blurred my background. You see, so uh, but you can't see the mess in me in me study. All right, good. So we've got a few bits to talk about what? today. Uh, we'll talk about the other stuff more than the match, I think, because the match was a bit crap on it uh, <laughs> the weekend. Um, but we will uh, we'll we'll sort of do our usual uh, sort of rundown. So we'll do some news, and um, I've made notes of the things we need to talk about: being the cop stand, the membership update, Sean Harvey, uh, and we'll maybe touch on Luke Armstrong. Just uh, you know. Wave him goodbye after all my predictions that we'd do that deal. What do I know? Um, then we'll look at Colchester. Then we'll look ahead more to Newport than we will to Swindon because we know a bit more about uh, where we are, I guess. And we'll go from there. Is everybody happy? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Where do we want to start then? Well, come on, Alex. Pick a topic from the uh, from the news intro and let's start there. We've got the cop stand, the membership update. Sean Harvey or Luke Armstrong? Um, we'll go cop update because that's the most recent, okay. fresh in the memory. That's fresh, fresh in the memory. So, uh, was it today? That was this morning. Let's share the screen here so people on YouTube can see. Uh, Richie's uh, pictures of the cop are now a, a thing of the past. Uh, so yeah, we had a, a little update from the club today, and it was an update. When is an update not an update? Well, it's a bit like this one, I guess, when it doesn't tell you an awful lot. Um, but the statement kind of said, uh, Rex FC can confirm good progress is being made with the license application for the temporary stand, and opening it on Saturday remains the realistic target, although there are still some hurdles to clear. That's the most important thing. If we are able to finalise everything, tickets for the game will be made available from Friday morning to members only. The stand will be used to 80% of capacity for the first game. Further updates will be issued via our official club channels in due course. So, Richie, when you read that, what do you think? It's going to be open. You think it's going to be open. I think there's more chance of a Luke Armstrong tweet coming through that we've signed him than that stand being open. But there you are. I d you can't. You can't make a decision. You've got to think of stewards, the security staff. You can't just say to them, oh, we might need you, by the way, because um, we can't lose them in other areas of the ground, can we? So it's got to be, there's got to be stewards and security staff in that area. Um, you know, and you're thinking for the, hosp the hospitality bit as well. The to imagine the toilets over there, the portal probably already. Um, I just think they've got to have 
they've got to be, they've got to know, haven't they, by now? You know, we're Wednesday. They must know. Uh, well, according to that, they don't know. Uh, so uh, that's that, that. According to that update, what's your gut telling you, Alex? Read the tea leaves. I think it's good news. I don't think they'd release that statement unless we were very, very close to um, getting sign off for it. Um, the word, I think they're quite clever of the word and they've used. They're not guaranteeing it. Correct. Yeah. I think. I think we've got one or two. I hope small hurdles to negotiate. Um, but no, I don't think they released that statement unless there's a very, very good chance it's going to be open. And I think it will be open. Okay. I think they had to release the statement because there was so much chat, uh, people wondering what's going on. Um, but we will, uh, we will, we will see. Uh, the next couple of days, will uh, all will become clearer, won't it? Um, but it would be a good game for us to get it open, that Newport one. Um so that's the cops down I mean, even if, Oh, go on. Even if the tickets, so the announcement got made Saturday morning, I think we'd sell it out within 20 minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think they'll have trouble selling. selling uh, they're obviously not bothered about filling it for the first game because they're, they're, they're obviously some sort of test that reduced capacity, it sounds like. Yeah. So so uh, it sounds like that uh, probably isn't uh, isn't the priority. The priority is just to get some people in it and see what issues there are that they can, uh, they can, uh, they can iron out. So... Uh, so yeah, right. That's that one. Come on then, Alex. Pick another one. Um, kind of related. We'll go membership oh. announcement. So did did we all see this? Yes, unfortunately, yeah. we all saw it. <laughs> Richie. <laughs> Richie is not a happy bunny. And to be fair, there is a lot of people that are not a happy bunny uh, about it. Really, um, I think that's uh, a, a, a fair fair thing to say so um i'll share the page uh, i'll just do the sort of the headline so basically following confirmation of the building of the temporary stand at the cop uh, don't forget that all official Wrexham members can access the priority window for buying tickets um they've basically uh extended uh, memberships uh so people keep buying memberships and uh, obviously, memberships don't guarantee people tickets to the games, but it, if people have to go into ballots and uh, lucky draws like we do for away games, that's a problem because there's going to be even more potentially people buying for Christmas. Um, so, Richie, you commented on it. Go on, give me your when you saw that the other day. I'm going to find while you're talking. I'm going to find some 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 a Twitter reaction to how that went down because it was quite good. So, go on, give us your thoughts when you read that. Well, the whole idea of having the temporary stand was to sort of take the burden off all the flack they're getting for the members who are missing out on tickets. So an extra 2,200 seats gets more people into the stadium who yeah. unfortunately haven't been able to get tickets um, so far this season. So to then to go and open the member to say to the membership, oh, well, we've now got this half-season ticket, uh, half-members, sorry, get the yeah. word in right. Yeah. Um, just... To me, just baffles is absolutely baffling, because we've got all the top teams at home, which means they'll take their full allocation, won't they? Yeah. In the away end, so you know we're not we've not got there's not got many games where they'll just have the bottom tier. Yeah. Again, that brings its own problem in itself, doesn't it? Um, and I just thought there is no loyalty at all. So I know season ticket holders get the loyalty; they put the money at the start, get that. they get their game. Yeah, I yeah. get that. 
but I put my I'm speaking as, as a me personally member. I pay for my membership at the start, so I yeah. put my money in at the start. So now somebody can come along who's got a half membership, yeah, and get the ticket before me. Yet they haven't been once this season. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense to me. I think that uh, I think Alex might be thinking the same thing as me. The man who's going to come and take your seat is the guy doing the lines at Shrewsbury Town's football club. Is <laughs> because you keep disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that probably sort of sums it up. Alex, give us a quick, uh, give us a quick overview. What your thoughts were? Yeah, I'm the same boat as Richie. Um, member since the start of the season, was hoping this new stand would increase my chances of getting tickets, but this announcement blows that idea out of the water. Um, it's more money making at the end of the day, which is fair enough because we are a business. Um, we've said publicly we're making a loss on that cop stand um, by building it. Um, so I think these memberships at £30 a head will probably go some way to getting that money back. Um, but no, like Richie said, it's a kick in the teeth for members um, who can't get a season ticket for whatever reason, whether it be financially or not being free every Saturday. Um, yeah, it's just made our life even harder now. And I was a full-paying member that season, this season as well. Yeah. And it just seems like I've paid 30 quid to enter a lottery, and that lottery's become even more impossible now. So, yeah, a bit disheartening when I read that news. As we, uh, and that, those those away game, that away game lottery gets worse and worse, doesn't it? You know, that's the, uh, you know, that's the that's the other thing. But let's just, I'll I'll just randomly pick some of the replies from uh, from the uh, the post that they did on Twitter. Uh, I'm not calling it X. That's stupid. Does anybody call it X? Is it still Twitter? I don't. No. Know. It's Twitter, really. Um, so let's just pick a few people out that we that uh, that we know and get some sort of uh, get a feeling for it. Was so. Alex Beardy, my uh, fellow tech end uh, tech end members, is this a wind up? Yeah, I think that's kind of was your thoughts, uh, Alex. Uh, Richie Ulrich, let's add another couple of thousand members on top of the thousands of members that we already have at thirty pound a pop, and you'll get priority for tickets. Pull the other one. Uh, long time uh, Wrexham fanatic, super sub here, Paskins Tash says, whose idea is this? The Looney Club advisory board, completely bonkers. Um, I'll just scroll down and see. Lots of WTFs. Uh, lots of people sort of saying they're bemused. Um, this is not Sarah here. This is not good. Paying a membership makes no difference at all. There is no priority as too many members, memberships sold. And that's the thing, I guess, isn't it? You haven't really got much of a priority. You haven't got much of an advantage because they, they, they are so oversold, aren't they? That's the, uh, you know, that's the truth. Yeah. It's just... Uh... The thing is, though, you, but you know, in all in hindsight, <clears throat> we all think that end of the season in May that temporary stand's coming down, don't we? You know, we hope, we hope, but we hope. In, yeah. in, in realistic terms, it's going to come down. So then, now that's going to increase the problem that they've currently got without the temporary stand, isn't it? So now you're going to have all their members, yeah, who will all renew. They will, everyone will renew because that's your only chance of getting a ticket, isn't it? Yeah. So you now you just gonna, you made the problem bigger. I take on board your point, Alex, about we're a business and making money. 
Um, but when, you know, the, the sort of early word is that they're going to announce a, a balance sheet showing a £20 million plus sort of profit for the for a year, you know, this extra bit of money will be pittance compared to that. They really don't need it. Um, and uh, they, they've had a, the, the negative feedback from this is probably as bad as nearly as bad as anything that I've seen. I don't know whether you'd agree. Um, they haven't got much wrong, but this seems to be the one that sort of really boiled people, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's coming a week where tempers are high after the Shrewsbury away ticket um, yeah. aggravation, which a lot of people have rightly experienced as well. Um, so, no, any Wrexham fan, the one thing they want to do is watch their team. Yeah. And this announcement this week has made that possibility even less. So, yeah, lots of annoyed fans, and you can see why. Um, I don't agree with the club making money, but that's where we are in 2023. I, I think, I th- I th- I think we, the balance, isn't it? The, that's just a p- bit of pure greed that you just don't need. That money is going to be next to nothing in the grand scheme of it. Exactly, yeah. If you measure fan sentiment versus the profit they're going to make of it. Correct. It's a yeah, PR, good way of looking a at it. Goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a big PR PR on goal. Just touching on that, did anybody get a Shrewsbury ticket, or did anybody even try, or not? Did you not even bother? Did anybody couldn't or not bother, or what was the situation? I got on. Um, I got on. I... Oh, go on, Richie. You got on. I got on. Um, then it obviously the the spinny wheel just carried on. Then it selected, and then it was just no chance. Oh, right. Not even. No. I okay. did both in the morning and the afternoon. Right. Uh, Alex? I had a meeting which was meant to finish before two. Ah. Finished at five past, so right. I didn't even bother. Oh, you didn't, didn't even try. bother? Really? No. Um, no. So uh, we we got a little bit luckier. Uh, Kath got a ticket in the morning. I couldn't get one. Uh, Kath got a ticket in the morning. Uh, I, I couldn't try. Well, I was, I was kind of... No, no, I wasn't trying while I was driving. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I, obviously, I was I was taking Owen to the orthodontist, so I, I kind of couldn't. Um, but then uh, Kath luckily got another one in the afternoon. So uh, we were quite lucky um, on this one because I don't think we've ever had a ticket from the afternoon section before. So, uh, so yeah, we were uh, we were a little bit lucky there. Um, but there was lots and lots of people who weren't with. I just wish that game could have been at home. I'd, it would have been so much, uh, would have been so much better. All right. Uh, anything else to say on that, or are we happy? Well, not yeah. happy. But no, you know what happy. I mean. But you know, we've co- <laughs> we've covered it, haven't we, Alex? Yeah. Good catch of your sock there, Alex. <laughs> I hope it's your sock, not your pants. Uh, <laughs> That's an episode two. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, come on then, Richie. We got. Uh, we can touch on Luke Armstrong, or we can talk about Sean Harvey. What do you want next? Luke Armstrong. All right, that, nice and easy then. Uh, despite my uh, ardent statement that I thought we'd definitely go back and do that deal, uh, we haven't done that deal. He's gone to Carlisle, who've recently had a takeover, haven't they? I'm not sure what national. Are they? Are they American? The family that have taken. American. They are yeah. American. Uh, they've had a big takeover, I, and I've subsequently sort of learned he seems to either be from up there or living up there, or uh, he's got family up there, and etc. So I think it's going to suit him better. Um, but I have yet to find anybody 
who seems to be that bothered about missing out on him. What what were what were your thoughts when you read it, Richie? Um, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, it was we were you know it it was going to be agreed, yeah. and it just never got round to type of you know signing the paperwork and things like that. Um, because we wouldn't do it early, would we? Never do that. Um, they've just outbid us. They've put more money in. We've we've had a limit where we're going to go for him. Because remember, he's out of contract next summer as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they come in and as a, I know I hate saying this word, but a statement signing. Um, and they've just we've just gone. No, we're not paying any more. You know, you can go for whatever. You know, you got to remember the lad hasn't played, has he? No, barely. Haven't. Not really. He's played no games really, so he's got to get him up to speed. He's got no match fitness as such, really, and. He's going to be competing against, you know, other strikers that we've got if we were successful in getting him. So I think if anyone does come in, because I think I, we do need one, a striker, yeah, it's got to be coming from the team where he's playing. Okay. Uh, Alex, were you bothered? What were your thoughts when you saw it? Yeah, I was bothered, but bothered in the sense of happy. I thought it was really good news. Okay, um, yeah. No doubt he's a really good player. Um, I just don't think the amount we would have paid. I know it's le- would have been less than the summer. Yeah, I just don't think the amount we would have paid would have justified, or he would have justified that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money to spend on a striker. Okay. And if you're spending that much money, as Richie says, you want a shit hot, fit, scoring striker who's going to come in and and start every match, and that wasn't. He wouldn't have done that. And I think we will get another striker in January anyway, but with Fletcher coming back, yeah, I'm happy because I think he's got a massive part to play um, from now until April or until May, whenever the season finishes. So, yeah, I think we've dodged a bullet. So thank yeah. you to Carlisle. That's, that seems to be the common, uh, that seems to be the common consensus. So uh, straight that one off your bingo list. Um, that uh, Luke Armstrong is uh, won't be a Wrexham player, um, and then let's come on to wow, was it is this a is this another controversial sort of uh, happening this week? Depending on uh, depending on what you know and uh, how you view certain people, Alex is shaking his head saying no. So we'll come to him first. So Sean Harvey has been appointed a director. That that sort of. Uh, was that was it wasn't sort of leaked as such, but uh, people saw that change. People who were following the club uh, and RR McReynolds or whatever it is, whatever they're trading as, people who follow that saw the change of uh, Sean Harvey being appointed director. Um, and then uh, again, there was mixed reactions. So some people were congratulating him and saying it was brilliant. Other people who were very aware of his history questioned how he could be. Given the amount, uh, given the, the fact that it, he'd been at a club that had been in administration, so he'd been responsible at a club that had been into administration within a certain time frame, but he's just out of that time frame, actually, Kieran Maguire from uh, um, uh, the Football Money podcast confirmed that he he just about got out of that period. So, so Alex, you're shaking your head and saying it's a good thing. Tell us what, tell us what, why. Or shall I set the scene? Actually, I'll set the scene rather than that. Let's ju- let's uh, just so people understand before you give your thoughts um, on why um, Sean Harvey 
got a, quite a negative reaction when he first came uh, and why people who understand football business are very dubious about him. Um, so we'll take this from The Mirror. The Mirror obviously did an article on it and they've got uh, a good piece. So we'll just, uh, I'll, I'll read it as, as as close to verbatim as I can. So uh, he was, uh, he, he was taken to... And then he, he went. So he went to Bradford, where he was chief executive of Bradford. Um, he went with the, the gentleman who owned uh, Scarborough. They both went together. So this is talking about Sean Harvey. His time at Bradford included the high point of the club's promotion to the Premier League in 1999, but also one of its lowest points when it, the club collapsed into administration into 2002, following relegation. Bradford only narrowly avoided liquidation after most of its assets, including the stadium and the players, had effectively been mortgaged. The club owed around 36... So despite being in the Premier League, the club owed £36 million and was later put back into administration in 2004 after it defaulted on its repayments after they restructured the debt. Okay, so he's overseen that, um, uh, uh, basically. Um, and then we, we we move on. So Harvey moved on to Leeds or Leeds United, where he spent nine years as chief executive and worked under the chairman Ken Bates. Uh, some people will remember that name. He once again oversaw a period of administration, with Leeds dropping into League One in May two thousand and seven and taking a ten point penalty because they owed thirty five million pound. Uh, uh, so this is another Premier League club with lots of money overspending basically uh, and they had a seven million pound in unpaid taxes um so that was originally what caused the uh, sort of uh the reticence when uh, when sean harvey came to wrexham because uh, obviously he, he he kind of went out of club football didn't he and went into the that efl role that he uh, that he took um because of uh, well i guess it really technically it was because of fit and proper person's tests. He, he, he wouldn't have passed it. He wouldn't have been able to take the role um, because he's overseen that those uh, those administrations. So so that sets the scene. Um, uh, on, on paper, Sean Harvey can take bigger clubs, clubs two, three times the size of Wrexham and blow the money. Alex, over to you. <laughs> oh, God. I wish you hadn't said that now. Um, he's the best man for the job. In my opinion, I get people would be worried about his past from yeah. 20 years ago plus. Um, and there was underlying issues at Leeds, I think, before we, he arrived. So I'm not an expert, but what happened at Leeds wasn't entirely Sean Harvey's fault. Um, yeah, but I think the knowledge he's got, the experience he's got, his love for the club... Um, obviously well thought of by high-ranking um, people at Wrexham as well. I don't think there's anyone better out there for the role of director at Wrexham Football Club. Really don't think there is. Okay, Richie, did you uh, did you have any thoughts on it at all when you, see, when you saw it? Or was it just um, a bit like Alex, really? Saw it as a, as a positive thing? Yeah, I'd say that. I mean... I'll be honest, for the work that he's done, we've also got to remember he, he was actually just, it was a temporary basis, wasn't it? And then they managed to keep him on for a little bit longer. Um, so I, I just think they've rewarded him, really, as mean as in all the hard work he's done, the things he's, he's helped them. Remember, these guys didn't have a clue what they were doing when they took over. 
So he's been there sort of eyes and ears as well as Humphrey a bit. Like, but obviously I think he, he helped choose Fleur as well. Whatever we can say about her, you know, things are running smoothly as we seem on the, from the outside. But like Alex said, the things with um, Bradford and the Leeds, them clubs had massive problems before he got there. I know the Bradford one, they were paying astronomical uh, wages, you know, to people like Carboni and that in the in the Premier League. And then Leeds, some of the figures they were going, you know, just to just not to go on about Leeds much, but they took a bank loan out on a guarantee that they were going to make the Champions League five seasons in a row. Now, you know, he's only he's only, he's a he's answerable to the owners maybe, but if the owners are telling him yes, we're doing it, he's got to do it because that's his job, isn't it? He's got to follow out their orders. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think uh, from a footballing administration point of view, I think uh, some of the stuff, if you think about some of the some of the needles he moved for us, which were like the streaming, do you remember the National League streaming? Yeah. Undoubtedly, he was the uh, he was the man dropping the hand grenades and asking people to sort to, Ryan, will you do this, put this out on Twitter and stuff. Um, I think uh, I think he's definitely helped there. And the other thing that came to mind was the uh, remember the the transfer window uh, that we got. Uh, yeah. We I don't what's the word. We we kind of didn't have to uh, adhere to it, did we? Because of the, those FAW uh, rules. Uh, that was undoubtedly him as well. I, I, I think so. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff to be going on there. And my hope is that the Ryan and Rob have got people in place that will be sanity checking um obviously uh, what you know everything that's going on um because uh, uh, it's very it's very quick and easy for the wrong people to get under the skin at football clubs so we always assume that Ryan and Rob know kind of I know what you're saying Richie don't didn't know what they were doing let's hope they've got a good structure in place now that it just won't even be a consideration um because there is a lot of people out there and again you go on the uh, go on the the Twitter feed the amount of people who are like not sure about this um because they they understand and know what what his history is so um yeah big big piece of news gives him some extra legal responsibility at the club that's the you know that is the ultimate thing if he's a director of the business he's got legal responsibility um uh, and he, again he, he's he's slightly lucky i think he's about 3 4 5 months is it that he's uh, just come out of that um that period that he wouldn't be able to be because the uh, the football league say basically wouldn't qualify as a fit person uh, to be a director at the football club. So, uh, so yeah, that was the other big piece of news today, uh, this week. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. I've got something, but it's not being broadcast. You've got something, but it's not being broadcast. It's not being put to public, public domain yet. Oh, uh, it hasn't been or it isn't going to be because you're about to it tell everybody. <laughs> Haven't been, and it's probably, maybe, it's going to come next year, maybe. Are you allowed to say what this is then, or uh, what? Are... I'm allowed, I can say it. Yeah, I'm All sure right. free, free, free. Are you ready for this, Alex? Yeah, you better sit. Are you sitting down? <laughs> right, come on. So, tell us what it's concerning first. It's regarding the kit. Oh, oh, we've got a kit colour coming here, haven't we? Because they'll have picked this in about October, November. Come on, Richie. Come on, Richie. Give us something. <laughs> It's down to the supplier. Oh, oh! Please tell. Have we moved away from Macron? Yes. Oh, Alex, no longer have to buy a large shirt. You can go back to buying smalls. Extra large, so... actually. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Come on then, Richie. Give us the goss. It is going to be. Is it? Is it, I think you pronounce it. Is it Castor? Oh no! <laughs> Please tell me that is not true. Yeah, it is true. I thought they might get it because they're really aggressive in signing up football clubs at the moment. So, so, I obviously can't see where it's come from, but they have the reps who work for Castor, obviously. Yeah. It's a said have told uh, four different people who uh, may run uh, clothing outlets, is probably the best as far as I can go. Okay. And they have said near enough that, yeah, the deal's done. Well, exclusive news on the podcast. Uh,. Alex, let's come to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you for one of the reasons they, they've taken a lot of stick this season, haven't they, Castor? About the Villa kit, um, yeah. it's got a lot of uh, a lot of people don't like it. It's not wicking sweat properly, is it? Uh, is the is what they're saying? Um, so uh, I think they're Scottish, aren't they? I'm not sure on the the exact location <sighs> what they. Uh, I know. I'm going um, to Google it. They're losing Newcastle, aren't they? Oh, are they going back to Adidas? Yeah, that's the, that's the enough. Been that was announced September time, I think. Right. Um, and in the Newcastle documentary, so yeah, I, I don't know much about them. I've got to be honest. Um, let's. Uh, I'll share my screen just so you can see, because they have that very wingy type, uh, wingy type logo, don't they? Here they are. Um. Yeah, they do. Uh, I'm not sure. I know they do Villa, and that one's been that's got quite a lot. And if you if you search online for Castor football kits, loads of fans are just moaning about the quality of them and stuff. So that's why I'm like, oh, really? They've got wolves as well, maybe are they wolves? I think. Let's have a look. Do some Google searching. Villa. Oh, everything. Yeah, I don't think they have got Everton. I thought Everton was Umbro. No, I don't. That's, uh, I've not put the right search in, really, I don't think. But they have got a few. That, we'll, we'll look at that for next time. Um, so that is, uh, that's an interesting one. Alex, are you going uh, to be sporting some Castor sportswear? You know what? I'm a fan of Castor. I like some of the Newcastle kits they've done. Yeah. Any cricket fans out there will know that they do the England cricket team gear right. as well. Yeah. And they've got some really nice gear. And yeah, I asked my mum for the new Rex and Lager tops for Christmas and extra yes. large. And she asked me if I'd put on weight. So it'd be <laughs> nice to go back to large again. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I like that, Richie. Well done. You can come back next week. You have to bring another exclusive for us, mate. Yeah. Um, I'll say I've done something, but I can't comment online. It'll be off, off air. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Alex's light <laughs> eyes are lighting up again. All right. Okay, so uh, we'll 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 take a break, and when we come back, we'll go over uh, we'll go over Saturday at Colchester at home that hopefully we all saw. Uh, so who made it to the ground on Saturday? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ever so, were you commentating, Alex, or was it just watching duties? 
Um, commentating. Oh, you were commentating. So, um, we managed to get by, I'm going to say, in this uh, this game with Colchester. Um, despite my great expectations, I uh, took a little look at Colchester beforehand to see what they what what to make of them, and they were a bit of a mess, to be honest, and um, and they have been. Um, but we managed to scrape through. I was going to say scrape through. Just there was a couple of semi nervy moments, but nothing, uh, nothing too much. Um, so give us your give us your, your thoughts, Richie. What what did you what did you make of what you like the lineup? Was there anything shocked you? The game, the way it played out. What were your thoughts? Uh, I think it was nice to see O'Connell back. Yes. In the back. Yeah. Um, bit of a surprise again because I wasn't sure. We don't obviously didn't hear much. No. Um, which I'll flip onto that later on about uh, what we hear and what we don't hear. Yeah. Um, so it was good to see him back. I think uh, George obviously must have fancied Christmas off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they were both stupid tackles from somebody who's played higher up. Yeah. If that had been last year in the National League against us, we'd have gone, oh, you know, part-time player or you can typical for that level. But they were just both stupid. Yeah. Really were. The second one, oh my word, it's just... It's so bad. The worst thing, it's so bad, but you, you would never... Once you've got a yellow, unfortunately, in football now, you can't. You basically can't tackle anybody, can you? Never mind sort of lunge in uh, like he did. So I, that was the that was the weird thing about it, wasn't it? And like you say, you know, in, in 10, 20 years ago, however long ago, they'd say that he's done that to get Christmas off. Um I'm sure he's not like that. Uh, did you? Did, what? How did you call it, Alex, from the uh, from the commentary box? Because uh, you'd have been a little bit closer than than us, like a better angle. Yeah, had a great view of it, sort of directly in line with it almost. Um, as soon as he made the tackle, we both said definite second yellow card. At least, thing yeah. Um, I'm looking at it back. It is. Straight red. It's a dangerous tackle, which makes things even worse. Why are you diving in like that on a yellow card? Um, baffling. But he's still gorgeous, George. He's still the best midfielder in the league. So can't be mad at him for too long. Um, what did you... So the, the game changes that i mean we're one nil up at that point aren't we and it's what is it about 15 20 minutes when he gets the i'm just trying to have a look here at the momentum thing is it all yeah yeah so then you know um the game sort of changes then but they still didn't make an awful lot did they i know they've got the goal at the end but they didn't sort of cut us open as such and make chances despite having the extra man did they no i think I think the lad on the right wing was a danger guy, wasn't he? Uh, the first half. That's the, guy, February, that's the guy who scored, yeah. actually. Yeah, he um, he sort of seemed to have um, the run on McLean a little bit in uh, in the first half. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they're no great shakes, but it's still 11 against 10, isn't it? And we were, we had to think, because obviously we were probably in second second gear, weren't we, again? You yeah. know, we didn't have to play absolutely fantastic football again. Um, but I just think I actually called the substitution at halftime. Yeah. I said that would happen because um, we just weren't, it just it wasn't working, was it? Um, as good a footballer as Mullen is, you know, 
can't play midfield for 70 minutes type of thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I suggested that either a forward or McLean had go off because McLean had got agitated and got a bit, yeah. bit fiery. Not wouldn't have been far from you, Alex. Um, up that touchline. What did you? Did, I don't know if you saw it. It's just got a needless yellow card, really, didn't he? Yeah, it was a silly off the ball push. Bad, he was obviously rattled yeah. by by February. He was a very good player, actually. Um, yeah, and this was after we'd gone down to ten men as well. Yeah. So you'd expect someone with a hundred capture his country to have. Um, a little bit more sense about him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so I was, I was a bit like, well, will they perhaps, you know, put Mendy across to the left and bring? Because James Jones was warming up, so I wondered if Jones yeah. might have played on the right. But that that wasn't what happened in the end. What did you think of the game, Alex? Though, did we, did you, were you just happy to get a win, or what? What were your thoughts? Yeah. Just happy to get a win. Um, obviously, the game changes when we go down to 10. Um, I think if we'd kept 11, we would have won comfortably. But you've got to find ways to win. And we found ways to win by making the right substitution. The midfield put a massive shift in. Um, just being steady at the back. And then Mullen working his, his backside off up front. Um, wasn't pretty. Not a game that I'll live long in the memory. No. But... At the end of the season, when we get promoted, we look back at games like this, games that we've struggled in, things where we've had our backs against the wall and got three points somehow and say, that's why we finished in the top three. Uh, I've just put the uh, FOTMOB uh, team up there again so you can see some of the uh, some of the analytics and the scores and stuff that they got give. Who, uh, who stood out for you, Richie, in, in that game? Elliot Lee did, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think he had a good game again. Goal I think on McLean his birthday. Was, McLean was brilliant second half. Yeah, he's got an engine on him, and he's unbelievable. He was really good second half. And I think, again, you know, Cannon kept it ticking over in there when we had to. Like Alex has always mentioned, Mullins running. And Tozo, again, was I thought Tozo was quite good at the back, really. Okay. Um, you know, I think he, he, he calmed it down a bit and... You know, a couple of times he turned to us, didn't he? Try and get the crowd going. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, make a bit of noise and that, whatever, to help the help the boys over the line. And I think, you know, I know he conceded a goal, but I thought Howard looked quite accomplished in goal as well. Yeah, I was the opposite to that. Um, uh, I I couldn't, to be honest. It was more second half. I had some issue. I thought he flapped at a few crosses that made me very nervous. Um, but I took a bit of stick on Twitter, so I was starting to wonder whether it was just my eyes. Because it was so far away for me now, and my eyes are starting to struggle. Um, but Alex, I think Alex is laughing at me as well. So I, I clearly am the only one that thought he had a bit of a it wasn't brilliant. But go on, Alex, I'll let you have a have a go at me as well. No, I'm I'm with you. I agree with you. Um, and obviously, I'm towards the cop end, so I had a better view than maybe people did in the tech end. Um, first 65, 70 minutes, I thought he was excellent. Yeah. Made some really good saves. He was solid, and um, he was claiming his crosses, distribution fine. But then he had a fifteen-minute spell where he must have come for about four crosses and flapped at them all. Yeah, that's what I thought. Ball. Yeah, and we were really lucky not to concede off those um, mistakes. Yeah, um, but no, I hundred percent tally. We flapped at four crosses in the second half, yeah. which. 
could have led to a led to a goal. So he wasn't. All, we're not saying he was awful, awful because he did some good work low down in the first half. Especially there was a couple of uh, skimmers, as they were, that flipped up. But uh, it, it, it looked unsettled in that. For somehow they got under. Somehow they've got under his skin those crosses, and he just couldn't get them, could he? Um, which unsettled yeah. me. No, so. he was contender for man of the match up until that point. Really good, but yeah. I'm not sure whether the Colchester management team said right put the crosses right on him, see what happens. And obviously yeah. they got encouraged by the fact he wasn't claiming them. But yeah. other than that mad spell, I thought yeah. he played very well and made a really good save for the goal and did really yeah. well to get down to his Just left. Unlucky. And the away. Just yeah. unlucky with the rebound, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so you was, like you said, O'Connell came back, Ford was on the bench. Uh, which is obviously, uh, you know, that's good to see that we're starting to get the, the sort of right side back. Um, and there was some, uh, obviously today they've said that Barnett and Fletcher are, are uh, back on the grass. Uh, Aconquo is back on the grass uh, with some sort of face mask or something, apparently, to uh, to help him. Um, because I had been, uh, there was whispers that uh, Fletcher was on the, would be on the bench on Saturday. Uh, but obviously something happened there because it ended up being Bickerstaff, didn't it? So I'm not sure uh, sure what what happened what happened with that. But basically, Alex, Alex was there before me, probably a lot earlier as well. Normally, sometimes we have players warming up, don't we, in the warm up? Yeah. Was there any? I don't know whether Fletcher was there involved in that, or was there anybody else involved who wasn't in the matchday squad? <laughs> Testing my memory here for the L. Um, no, I didn't. Nothing of notes. No, I'd, I'd, I'm generally in the ground very early and they're at our end, aren't they, Richie? So generally I yeah. will see them, but I was late later getting there. This We stayed in the Mice Gwyn a bit longer. Um, so I'm not sure who was in that group of... It could be anything between three and five players, in it, that they give a workout yeah. to. Um, uh, but I didn't see anything or hear anything, I don't think... Uh, from memory of uh, of who it was, so uh, we'll have to keep our eyes. That, that's where I'm expecting to see Barney this week, for instance. He's probably not close enough to be back, is he? Ford must be a bit closer than him, so that's where you'd expect to see him. And uh, uh, I guess Luke Young will come a bit closer to the squad now, following the fact that Evans has obviously uh, uh, been sent off. But let's yeah. uh, before we look too far ahead to Newport. Who else stood? Who stood out for you, Alex? What were the who were the sort of winners and losers, as it were? I guess George Evans would be everybody's loser for kind of making a daft tackle that he should be experienced enough not to make. Um, but you could have somebody else if the, if you thought there was somebody else. But I'm guessing that's probably would be most people's. But who was the who stood out for you? Um, I don't think one individual stood out. Like there was no obvious man of the match. I just think everyone put a shift in. Everyone did what they had to do. And it was a collective team effort to get the three points. So Mullen worked his bum off. Yeah. Elliot Lee, first half was very good. Um, O'Connell came back in and slotted in nicely. I know he came off with a bit of cramp or fatigue or whatever it was, but he looked good. Um Hard to pick a man of the match just because everyone had to make sacrifices for the team, put a shift yeah. in and win ugly. So the winners were the 10 who stayed on the pitch. Yeah. Okay. Um, and well, have we got much else to say about that then? Because it was, I think it was like second gear, not memorable other than the daft challenge. 
They were, you know, uh, anybody got anything else that they want to add? We've got a couple of losers. Oh, oh go on then. Go on if you think you've got some. The Father Christmas and the Christmas tree in the away. Oh, end. that's right. Yeah, the away fans got kicked, some of them got kicked out early. After, yeah. after their big day out on the tr- pictures of them on the train, etc. Yeah, get yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. Definitely them too. <laughs> uh, felt sorry for them. Not. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, I think we've, we've, we've covered, the, covered that enough. Uh, so when we come back, we'll look ahead to Newport mainly. Um, but I guess we'll have some, we'll have some words on Swindon. Eh? Yep. Looking for high quality furniture for your home? Look no further than J. Scott's Furnishings in Mark Wheel. With a wide selection of contemporary and classic styles and a showroom packed full of exceptional furniture from leading manufacturers, you'll find the perfect pieces to suit your taste and budget. With over 60 years of experience and our expert design team, we'll help you create a space that's both beautiful and functional. From sofas to dining sets, bedroom suites to home solutions, we've got it all. So why wait? Visit us today at the Old School in Mark Wheel or visit our website jscottfurnishers.co.uk J. Scott's Furnishings in Mark Wheel where style meets affordability so obviously both of you have listened or watched my video with Ed from the uh, 1912 Exiles this week haven't you with uh, about, about my Newport preview look at Alex's face look at this look at this yeah. missing out see you're missing out Alex um, so Newport rock up to the race course we don't know how many people are going to be there because we don't know whether we'll have that temporary stand. Fingers crossed we will, but we will see. Um, is it fair to say we owe them one or two? Yeah. After yeah. that cup game, after the cup game and the playoffs, and the, you know, the sort of they've had a little bit of momentum for a, a few games. Um, so what, definitely one we'd enjoy to enjoy winning any way possible. Is that is that fair to say? Um, yeah, never mind owner one. We own about ten <laughs> after yeah. what happened at uh, Wembley. Ten, yes. yeah, ten years ago, which the worst football moment I've ever experienced being at yeah. Wembley that day. Absolute sickener. Um, and then they beat us again in the FA Cup. I think was after a, few a replay, years ago, yeah, where we should have beat them at home in the first leg. Um, yeah, massive game. And I really hope we can beat them. Really so, hope we can. And especially with the hope for well, the touchwood, the new cop behind the goal. I think it'd be a really good match to win. Go into Christmas full of confidence and get one over the shit purple jumper too. Yes. So uh, so here's a question, Richie, which I briefly debated with Ed. Um we, we were trying to argue about whether it's a derby or not, but he didn't think you could call it a derby given the distance that uh, we are away. And we settled on it. it's a grudge match. Um but uh, where do you sit on the derby? Is it a derby game or a grudge match? It's a derby game, isn't it? It is. It's north v south. They keep going on about how there was used to be four four teams in the league, then obviously we dropped out unfortunately. Yeah. And they dropped out and they went back instead of us. It's a derby at the end of the day. The players will be up for it. It's just got that extra added spice, isn't it? That the FA Cup game. Um, and more with the fans. And it, Luke Young's probably the only one, is he, actually? Yeah, he will be. It was, was here uh, at the time. Well, he was sent off, wasn't he, in that yeah. game? So uh... it, was, it was all when the Sam Ricketts debacle happened, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
Because yeah. he missed the first game, didn't he? He was on garden leave, and then Graham Barrow was in charge for the replay. Uh, for the uh, yeah, for the replay. So um, yeah, but listen, did you did just what's it called? We can call them noisy South Walians. I think we can call them. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just have a look at the table. Uh, of where we uh, where we sit, so we sit in third place currently, uh, and Newport uh, uh, down in seventeenth. Um, and uh, having spoken to Ed, he's more as, as long as they get to sort of uh, fifty points and stay up, that's that's their expectation and hope for this season. Uh, so very different where we are now compared to where we were then, etc. Um, and they're uh, they've got some they've got some youth youth. Useful, useful players. Uh, they've done a bit of recruitment from the Welsh Prem um, to add to the the players that they've already been able to pick up. So, what's your what's your gut feeling sort of ahead of uh, ahead of it, Alex? Is it excitement? Is there any nerves because of the fact you want to beat them so much? What are your what are your thoughts? A uh, mix of emotions, really. Obviously, it's a big game. I don't agree with Richie that it's a it's not a derby. Nowhere that's three hours away can be a derby in my yeah. book. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is we had the same debate and we settled on grudge match because I could understand why somebody would not think it's a derby. But yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it's a grudge match, and you get the same feelings in a grudge match as you would a derby. So yeah. nervousness, excitement. Um, I think wary as well. They're a decent team, Newport. Um, they beat Stockport a few they weeks did. ago. Yeah. And we've had some other decent results in the FA Cup as well. So I know they're 17th, did you say, 16th? But they are a dangerous team. And being a natural worrier... Pessimist. <laughs> Pessimist, yeah. They're going to come to the race course with a new stand and spoil, <laughs> spoil the party the that they've done many times. Um, but you also think, how good are we at home? We should have too much for them. So... My emotions are all over the place, okay. but really looking forward to it because it's a huge, huge game. Yeah. So will you be on commentary duties or what's the situation for you, Alex, this Saturday? No, you know what? I actually got tickets in the ballot, believe oh, it or right, not. Okay. Right. Ballot winners actually exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've, yeah, I've got two behind the gold in the lower tier. Oh, right brilliant. Behind. All right. Okay. Yeah, brilliant. So he can bring us hot chocolates at half time. Uh, Richie, have you got tickets yet or what's going on? Yeah, tickets are there. Behind the goal, okay. lower to you. Oh, be yeah. sat next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So we'll all be in the same end, in effect. Um, so let's start with looking ahead a little bit. We, we can kind of rule one player out, i.e. we know that George Evans isn't going to be playing. Um, we've obviously had the first sort of news coming about Aconquo being back, but trying this face mask on and they're testing him to see how he gets on. Um, and then we know Fletcher and Barney are sort of in and around it, but we're not sure. It doesn't sound like they'd be starting. So what are we thinking will be the lineup this week, Richie? I was going to say, until I read an article this afternoon that Parky had said, our Aconquo's back on the the grass, but he's doing non-contact, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Because um, part of me was thinking he's going to put him straight in. Yeah. But I think we're Wednesday. They're off tomorrow, aren't they? So it'd be a big call, I think. And I mean a big call because he's just come back from the injury. Um, uh, yeah. I would probably... I think he's going to start. Oh, you still think he's going to start? 
Yeah, I think he will. So I was the same as you. I I was I, I was felt sure he was going to start, and then when I read that article, I was like, I don't think they're going to chance him. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm I was the opposite. So Alex is going to get the deciding vote on what Phil Parkinson is going to do this week in goal. Is going to be based on what he said. I think you have to play Mark Howard. Oh yeah. I don't think you can do non-contact training and go straight into a straight into a match. So I think we'll see Mark Howard for one more game. Yeah, I mean, we should st- hopefully. I mean, we should still have enough, shouldn't we? That's ultimately the thing in yeah. theory, I guess. Um, so the back of the back were are we O'Connell, Tozer, and O'Connor again? Yes, for me. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to displace them unless there's any, unless that O'Connell thing was any worse. But there's been no talk of it as far as I've seen. So that's what I'd expect at the back. Um, wing backs, um, is it Mendy and McLean or do you risk Ford? Mendy and McLean. Yeah. What do you think, Richie? I think Ford starts. You think Ford is back, it would yeah. come back in now? I just, I just think he doesn't. He just does enough, Mendy. He didn't do. He doesn't. It's it must so hard. I had to when I was younger. I had to play on the on the left, and I was right footed. It is so difficult because it just you run your pattern and everything because of the way you cut him with the ball, how you receive the ball, what foot you go off, and everything. And I just think he's been doing enough, but he hasn't been doing a lot. If that makes sense, as in yeah. he hasn't been given us enough. What we need to go for. Saturday's a difficult game to judge on. I'm thinking of the game before, you know, in the even in the, like the FA Cup and things like that. He hasn't been doing what what we know Ford and Barney can do. And he is a different player slightly, yes, but he seems too defensive for me. But obviously, he's only doing what the manager's telling him. But yeah, I, I just think... think with Ford, it's natural, isn't it? Yeah, no, I get that. I guess the only question is, is it too soon for Ford? That's that would be my only uh, my only challenge to that is is he is he ready? Um, but uh, if you believe he's ready, then uh, then then so be it. I guess the questions come that will come in midfield and an attack. I guess because the question is always who's going to partner Mullin. Let's start there. Who do we think might be easier to answer? Who's what's our gut feeling on who's going to par- partner Mullin? Because Dolby seems to have. Has he nicked that top spot again off off Palmer? So that's how it feels. Because I was expecting Palmer to start, to be honest, on Saturday, but it was Dolby. So anybody, Any, anybody? <laughs> Alex, I'll let you go. Um, yeah, I think it'll be Dolby. He's okay. top of the pecking order at the moment in terms of the second striker. Yeah, and he only did forty-five minutes last Saturday, so you'll yeah, get another chance okay. at the weekend. Okay, yeah. Do you think the same, Richie, or what? Dalby will start. Pam will start against Swindon. Okay, closer to home for him. Easier. He doesn't have to come all the way back up and travel. And stuff. That, I'd love to, when I look at the stats one week. Do a bit of homework. I'd love to know the ratio of the starting ratio, if that makes sense. Because I'm convinced it's like it's like two games or two and a half, and then they swap. Right. It seems that they get a couple of games, don't they? Or one will come off the bench, will score, and then that sort of boosts them above the other one. But they don't. None of them seem to do it really when they start. If that makes sense at the yeah, moment. Yeah, nobody's grabbing that spot at the moment, no. are they? That's the thing. So he's he's cycling through, 
trying to uh, trying to figure it out while they try and figure it out type of thing. Um, yeah. So the big question for me is around the midfield in what in what we do. So obviously, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. There's no doubt uh, that it'll be Cannon and Lee. Uh, does anybody disagree with that? Do we, they're both going to start, yeah. So the question then is who sits alongside Andy Cannon? And I guess it's J- uh, it's James Jones, Luke Young, or he, if he's got a centre-half, he could move O'Connor. But we, as far as we know, we haven't got another fit centre-half, um, uh, 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 to the best of my knowledge. So my gut feeling oh, is it's between Jones and Young. Oh, go on, Richie, what was that? Sorry. Boyle was fit, isn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to... Uh, let's clarify that then. He doesn't seem to have faith in him really since yeah. that since he dumped him after Stockport. Uh, so yeah. technically, you're right. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't articulated that properly. Um, what, what, what's what's your? I, I, like, I don't know what he's going to do. My gut feeling is it'll be James Jones, despite the fact that there's a Luke Young fan club. But what do you what do you guys think? I'm gonna pin me. I'm gonna pin it. I'm gonna say it's gonna be it's gonna be Jones. Just um, my theory is that Jones is in and around the squad, whereas Young has dropped out of it, so he's down the pecking order. Um, but I, maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think? Yeah, easy decision for me. I think Luke Young asked uh, Luke Young. James Jones will come in for George Evans straight swap. Yeah, um, and I think it'll be that way for the next three months. When George Evans is out as well, I can't see Luke Young getting back into the team at the moment. So I think the midfield three for the next three matches will be Lee, Cannon and and James Jones. Um, I think the debate about Tom O'Connor is is pretty much finished. I think he's made that left centre-back position his own now. He looks so good there. And I'd be, yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to move him from that position. So... I think he's there to stay as well, and he will get pushed forward. Before I come to you, Richie, about that midfield spot, let me just ask you then, Alex. Um, even though we're playing games so close to get that Christmas period, do you still believe that there won't be much rotation? It'll just be his first eleven sends them out and runs them into the ground. So it'll need yeah. an injury or a suspension probably for a young to come in or a Boyle to come in, that type of... Yeah, okay. 100%. I think you play the best players you've got, no matter how many games or league games you've got in the pipeline. Um, and like I say, it's the performances from Boyle and Young, I don't think Parky's got faith in them to come into a, a big league match and yeah. put a shift in. So, yes, they'll be knackered. Yes, we'll obviously make substitutions when we need to. But I don't think there's going to be much tinkering being made over okay. the next three matches. Yeah, post Stockport, they've not had a look in really, have they? They've been uh, no. unceremoniously cast aside. It felt like at one point. Uh, go on. Would you disagree with any of that, Richie? Do you do you perhaps think that Young might come in and take a spot? No, I think I think I completely agree with what you both said. Um, I think what the impetus might he might want, and this is obviously you know in the dream world. He'd want the games finished at at seventy minutes, seventy five yeah. minutes, so he could bring Cannon off for for Young. Yeah, he could maybe bring Elliot Lee off for Jordan Davis. Yeah, and then it's sort of you've got your opportunity. As in, you know, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, to be coasting on Saturday, twenty minutes to go, and you can take three off. Yeah, I get um, it. you know, do you know what I mean? And I, but I, I just don't think he's got the trust in him to start. 
Um, yeah. Not at all. And he has, with James Jones, he has, we know that because he can play. He's uh, played on the right wing and everything for him as before. So. Okay. Um, uh, score wise, then, where are we going? I'm. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm going for Wrexham by a goal. I and I think we'll concede. I've still not got confidence in clean sheets with us at the moment. Uh, so uh, a two-one win is what my uh, my my prediction is. Where Where are we going, Alex? Before Richie, Richie will have a good one. So we'll save that till the end because you know you know something shocking is coming there. Um, we're absolute animals at the race course, aren't we? Um, and good players turn up in good games. They always do. 4-0 to Wrexham. Oh, Christ. Okay. Well, you're not going to be... Are you not even... You're not going to top that one, Richie, but uh, go, go on, have a go. Um, first of all, I've got to talk. That guy, I'm just going to call him the Purple Jumper Man. Yeah. Uh, who spoke to... Um, all this palaver about their budget and all this and all that, whatever. There's a reason they're 17. Their players aren't better. That's why they're 17. Um, but what I will say is it's going to be 4-2. Oh, yeah. So, right. So, good. Goals goals and a win. There you go. I'll take that. I don't know if uh, if we can avoid injuries and suspensions in the derby. <laughs> and don't forget the uh, Rich Watkin in the Mice Gwyn is having a purple jumper party afterwards. <laughs> he really is having a purple jumper party for people who uh, who hadn't seen that on, posted on social media. Um, can I just, just on your interview? Yeah. Wasn't it a strange comment uh, about how they could buy six tickets as a member or a season ticket. Yeah. That was a strange, um, it's as if like, get everyone along because we've got to take our full allocation to wreck some type I know, of thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, I know what you're getting at. I know what you're, po- you're poking the bear there really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah it's a bit strange that one. Um, especially, and then with the guys obviously with, with um, about the behaviour, um, you just think, you know what, you just don't want uh, any lads out on a day out type of thing, you know. Oh, they'll be out. Local. The Amber Army will be out in force on the ale. Your yeah, North Wales police are going to be very busy. <laughs> I don't. Till the trains get cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> Till the trains get cancelled. Yeah. Um, so then we roll into Boxing Day, uh, and we're going to obviously. It's no point guessing lineups and stuff because you, you just you just never know. But um, what's our gut feeling about the, that Swindon game? What we had a. A crazy game with them at the start of the season, didn't we? What was it? Was it uh, fives? Five all, yeah. Fives, five, it? fives, yeah. Um, so we had that bonkers game with them. Uh, they've had a bit of a. They've fallen away a little bit since then. They sit what? Uh, where are they? Twelfth. They sit now, um, but away from home. Uh, what's uh, what's our gut feeling there? Tricky game. Um... You never know what you're going to get with Swindon. Yeah. They can lose 8-3 at home in the FA Cup the other week. Or they might they might beat someone decent. So it'll be tough. I mean, another argument, why are we playing Swindon on Boxing Day? Yeah. How's that happened? Yeah, could bring back the old uh, National League rule of local games, innit? Exactly, yeah. Um, no, it'll be a tough one. Um, probably be a big crowd. Swindon have got some very good players. Young, I think his name is for them. He's scored a lot of goals this season for midfield. Is excellent. Charlie Austin, always a threat there, um, yeah. in the penalty box. He's still there. So 
I wouldn't be too disappointed if we beat Newport and got a draw at Swindon. Um, that'll be a tough match. Okay. Yeah. What? What's your? What are you? What are you thinking, Richie? I think. I think it's going to be very much, very similar to the first game. I, think, I can see someone like a three-three there. Yeah. Really can. I think um, they've got nothing to lose, and like Alex said, they have got certain individuals who wouldn't look bad in a Wrexham shirt as well. Um, who could who could hurt us? Um, and I just think it's one of them. If you look at it, would we take seven points out of nine, including the Warsaw game now? Probably, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got to go to all. Um, that's my uh, that's my guess. I, I think yeah. I think uh, I think you're right. If you look at it over those three games over the period, uh, we would take. I would think we'd take that from that away game. So uh, so yeah. Uh, anybody going to Walsall? By the way, I've got I've got a ticket. Yeah, Swindon and Walsall. Uh, you're going Swindon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, Walsall, not too far. Well, it's a bit further for you, but. Um, I've got one for Swindon, All but right, not okay. for Walsall. No so if anyone knows of any spares for Walsall, okay, let me know. We will uh, we will put out some appeals uh, afterwards for some Thank tickets you for much. you. Good. Well, I'm very disappointed none of you was dressed as Santa Claus or a naughty elf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't find me sat me little Christmas hat. That was my excuse. Um, so they are. We'll we're done for Christmas. What's Father Christmas bringing you, Richie? Uh, not sure actually. I think it's all surprises. I think there's nothing aware oh, of. Right. Nothing, uh... Alex, can you be my socks and underpants, or uh, what? Or what? What's? Um, I can get you some castor socks if you like. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be straight to Cheshire Oaks now. I'm going. I'm going to go to Cheshire Oaks tomorrow. I'm going to buy every piece of red castor gear that they've got, and I'm going to iron on some wrecks and badges, and I'm going to be <laughs> minted. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll sell Get you all a jacket. I'll, yeah, I love slim chickens. It's lovely. Uh, so, yeah. All right, good. Right, well, have a good Christmas, everybody. Uh, don't too. do anything I wouldn't do. Don't drink and drive. Don't have too much mince pie and christmas cake and we'll come back uh well we'll have to see actually see who see who's fit and available next week to see uh, uh uh and we'll come back and discuss whatever whatever has happened but of course I, we should just one thing i've just realized we play swindon we need to keep our eye on on, on the old gambian side who can don't we just realized yeah. i've just had their squad list up because of course he was linked with us wasn't he for uh the yeah. record fee um, so if there's any truth in that, they'll hopefully not want him to play against them. But we will, uh, we will, we will see. All that will unfold because obviously the transfer window opens again. So uh, we will see. So I referenced it in the uh, podcast with Richie and Alex, but uh, earlier in the week I caught up with Ed from the nineteen at nineteen twelve exiles which is a uh, Newport County podcast. Uh, ahead of the game, obviously the big game at the weekend, we uh, debated, uh, is it a grudge match? Is it a derby? A few other bits, a little bit of reminiscing about uh, games in the not-too-distant past. Uh, and we look ahead to this this Saturday's uh, Welsh grudge match derby with uh, our friends from uh, Newport. So uh, here's that interview with uh, with Ed. We're 
but will die in Ahead of a, well, I was going to call it a derby game. Can we call it a derby game, or is it just a rivalry? Is it a Welsh derby? Is that is that? I don't know what. Really, know how to classify it anymore. But ahead of the big game then on Saturday, uh, very lucky that Ed from nineteen twelve Exiles, the, the Newport County podcast, has joined us. Thank you very much, Ed, for interrupting your day. No problem. Shall I pronounce that? <laughs> yeah, that's what we like. Um, so. Uh, I mean, we've not played Newport in a few years. The cup game was the last one, if memory serves. I've got a terrible long-served memory. Uh, although there were two games in that, wasn't there? Because there was replays yeah. as well. Um, and then before that, you also stuck the dagger in the uh, in the promotion playoff final hearts of Wrexham fans. Um, so I guess set the scene for us first. Is this is this even a, a a big game for you guys, or is it is it not? What's the what's the what's the feeling? I think it's undoubtedly a big game. Um, it probably was the fixture that Newport fans looked for first when right. fixtures came out back in June, partly because we've not played each other for a while, partly because yeah. of your profile. And although, so I don't call it a derby match because I don't think realistically two teams that are like three hours apart by train can be a derby. But it is a grudge match. I, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. There yeah. is... Um, there is a bit of needle to it, I think, because of the playoff final, because of the North versus South thing, because of the the perception, um, and we could talk about whether it's accurate or not, that Newport fans have that, you know, Wrexham are the media darlings and uh, we don't get enough uh, credit for what we do, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, it's certainly one that has a lot of interest, a lot of expectation. We sold our allocation out within the space of a few hours and again we might talk about that so um yeah it is a big game um in the context of the season that we're having i think it it's it's almost um a bit of a a, a bonus you know because w our target this season is get to 50 points survive and we're halfway there now we're not expecting to go to wrexham and get a win as we'll come on to talk about um <laughs> But, you know, it's a little free hit in the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's one of those games that can spark a little bit of a run as well sometimes, isn't it? If you get that, you know, a real morale booster, it can kick you on for three or four games, uh, especially over a period where you've got, you know, we get games come thick and fast, don't they, over sort yeah. of Christmas and stuff. So uh, I guess it's one of them. So um, I don't talk about this very much with away fans anymore because I think uh, perhaps the novelty is wearing off uh, or, or opinion on it is wearing off. But, but let's touch on that then, because obviously that you've touched on, should we call it media darlings? Um, how, um, I, I know what it's been like for, for, for me being a Wrexham fan, seeing other teams when they get big investments and stuff and the, the green eyes sort of come. Is that is that fair to say that that's been a, 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 the way the sort of Newport fans have looked at it a little bit? Or is there, you know, what's the um... feeling? Uh, right, so I'm going to start off. Hands, cards on the table. I have no problem with Wrexham fans like yourself who you know go to games. That's that's fine. I think my um, the thing that grinds my gears is when it's people from far away and overseas suddenly yeah. professing to care about a you know non-league slash fourth division football club club that it. they have no attachment to. Um, and I just I just find that an odd thing, you know, because we've all got local 
lower league teams or non-league teams near us. And if you care about lower league and non-league football, and God knows lower league and non-league football needs people to turn up and come through the turnstiles, yeah. then go and go and watch a game, go and watch your local team. You know, football isn't uh, a television show. It's yeah. it's a yeah. thing to be experienced in the flesh. And like I say, I think most Wrexham match-going fans are of that view as well. Um, so there's, there's that element. I, I don't begrudge the club the money that they've got. You know, it, that could just as easily have happened to any of us. And let's not forget, you know, Newport won promotion out of the conference because we had a lottery winner throwing some money in. Nothing like the sorts of amounts that the recent conference uh, promotion teams have had at their disposal. But, you know, at the time, that was what made the difference. So, you know, it would be hypocritical for us to, um, to judge that. But I think the thing that really does, I think, legitimately annoy Newport fans is the extent to which the Welsh media has um, over-covered Wrexham in recent years. You know, particularly last year, all right, you know, last year Wrexham won promotion, but last year in the season before, they got a disproportionate amount of coverage for a side in the fifth tier compared to Newport, who were battling against the elements to to survive. So I think it's it's more the kind of localised thing within the Welsh media. You know, Cardiff and Swansea always get first dibs on the headlines. But I think there was a sense over the last few years that really it should have been Newport next because, you know, we were perhaps not in size, but certainly in terms of league position, the third team in Wales. Um, yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that to it. But ultimately, we're all in the same league and uh, this season. And I think the chance to compete on an equal footing again is something we're all looking forward to. Just, I just, uh, that's an interesting point. And it was, uh, I just listened to uh, a podcast where Rob Phillips was on. I don't, oh, yeah. li- yeah, I don't know if you've listened to that or that section or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it was interesting because obviously he was just touching on it, saying that, you know, any time they write an article, <laughs> Rob or Ryan are in it, the, the clicks, views, listens, whatever, go yeah. through the roof. And that's the, that's the, it's not, it's, that's the problem for everybody else who doesn't want to hear the story, yeah. isn't it? Is it's forced down your throat a bit much if, uh, if you're not because of that, isn't it? So, um, so, yeah, yeah I mean, we had we had Rob on the on on our pod over the summer, and he said something very similar. And you know, the likes of Rob Phillips, who is he's a, he's a great journalist and has an encyclopedic knowledge of um, of all Welsh football. Um, but and, and I think he does quite a good job of explaining. You know, look, that's the game. You've you've got to get people reading your yeah, your yeah. articles and listening to your output because that's the, the the industry they're in. So I understand it, but it it's still allowed to slightly um, you know catch in your in your teeth a little bit. No, I get it. Um, so bring us up to speed then on what were the expectations for you at the start of the season, realistically, and where do you think you are now? Uh, like I say, expectation was, or, or the hope was, let's just survive. We yep. had financial problems over the summer. There was a 1.2 million black hole that was found in the accounts. Um, we're going through a takeover at the moment that will hopefully put us on a, a firmer footing. But over the summer, we had the lowest budget out of any club in the football league you know we were we had to kind of beg borrow and steal uh for for any players that we could get um and yet despite that graham coughlin has pulled together a really industrious hard-working squad of players it's a small group but a really yeah really honest industrious group um and like I say, we're currently 17th, we're on 26 points. Uh, Rex on Saturday will be game 23, so the halfway point of the season. So we're 
we're overperforming compared to kind of the, the target if the target is 50 points um and we've done that despite having a significant injury challenge i mean pretty much every defender on our books has been um laid off for at least some of the season so far some of them for quite long spells so to have done all of that on a tiny budget with an injury crisis i think is no mean feat so i think most of us are delighted by the league position we're still in the fa cup have a chance to maybe get through to the fourth round you know if we beat Eastleigh at home which on paper you would hope we would oh, don't say um, it don't say it well don't no, 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 no. <laughs> but um but you know to get through and uh get to the fourth round of the fa cup if we could do and to survive in the league i think that would be a, a really excellent return on um what was shaping up to be a very challenging season yeah listening to uh, robbie was talking about how willing to go into the welsh leagues uh you've been really i find that interesting because where where obviously where i am we've got tns locally airbus i used to go to all the time used to do photography for them that's why um so it's really quite interesting and obviously we've got a local. i'm going to call him a local boy um we've obviously will evans i think is only from 10 mile away from here he's from not far from oswald street um, yeah the flying he- edwin eusebio yeah, is that what is that what they is that the nickname is it that you've given yeah, to yeah, him? Yeah. Um, it's the nickname I've given to him. I'm not saying it's going to catch on, but um, yeah, <laughs> too he's, many uh, syllables in there for that. For that, I think yeah, he's he's been fantastic. So yeah, I mean, he was playing his trade um, in the Cymru Prem. Uh, he'd been at Cardiff Met for a while and then at Bala, um, and we we took a punt on him last season, um, and. Despite looking a little bit raw, he still played best part of fifty games last year. He's one of these players. He can be play left back, he can play left wing, he can play up front. He probably drives the team bus if you asked him to. Yeah. You know, he will just do whatever's asked of him, and he'll give it a hundred percent effort. But more to the point, this season it's like he's graduated. You know, he's gone from being a boy to being a man. He's gone to becoming a senior pro in the dressing room. You can see it in the way he carries himself on and off the pitch. Um, and we started playing him more. I mean, well, we played him up front a fair bit last season, but the goals weren't coming, so he tended to end up playing uh, on the left. This year, we played him up front, and he's yeah, top scorer at the moment. Um, and, I mean, I just really hope we can hold on to him in January. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he maybe was to, to move higher up the leagues. Um, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He's a really good ambassador for the club. He's a great ambassador for the Cymru Leagues as well. You know, like you say, he's one of a number of players who've come to us from there but he's probably been the the best of the bunch yeah it's it's it's, it's such a shame that more people from around here don't go to more of those games mm. uh, they're so accessible so affordable uh, you know when we talk a lot about how expensive it is to uh, to yeah. go to football um uh and it's it there's this there's this brilliant league on your doorstep that people you know hardly uh, for us certainly anyway we've got a lot of clubs around us but um that people don't sort of appreciate i don't think enough not saying it's the best quality but it's you know it's it's so exciting um or it can be especially when somebody gets into the mix and sort of uh, knocks tns off the uh, off the perch <laughs> i don't know how much of it you watch but um uh, you know, it, yeah, get to the old game. In fact, we again we did a podcast over the summer with Newport City, who are the you know they're in the uh, what is it Ardale Southeast League, so the third third tier. Um, but you know they're they're really trying to get people along. They play at our old ground at Spitty Park, um, and yeah, you know there's a lot of clubs who are really investing. I think in that kind of grassroots element, and um, yeah, it's you know great to see. I've enjoyed the, the games I've seen at that level. 
Yeah, big some big teams come from that. From some big players that end up coming from there. So it's uh, you know, and you could, a lot of them will ply their trade and learn a lot playing with the playing mm. with men for the first time rather than in reserve games where yeah, you know, let's be honest, you don't get very much. Um, so who are the who are the who are the guys that we should be looking out for then on uh, on Saturday? Who's who's you, you know who's suspended, who's injured, what have you? Uh, you probably have an idea roughly what sort of starting lineup will be, but who's the threat? Well, Evans is the one who most people tended to focus on when I've been doing previews because you know he's top scorer and, cool. and has an interesting story. The, the one who I think will play an even higher level um, in time is Seb Palmer Holden, who is a, a striker we've got on loan from Bristol City. He's a young lad, I think he might be 19, 20, something like that, but he's he's enormous. He looks like the Jolly Green Giant. He's huge. He's also <laughs> rapid. The guy is, um, yeah, just swift as anything. So he's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he can finish. So he's, you know, he ticks all the right boxes. Um, started the season a little bit slowly, you know, first proper taste of, of men's football. But the last few months um, since he's come back from injury, he looks mustard. Um, we've got him for the whole season. He's right. not going to be playing in the fourth division next year. It wouldn't surprise me if either he maybe gets onto the fringes of Bristol City's squad. Um, he'll certainly be playing in the third tier, I think, next year. Um, he is the danger, I think. Um, he scored a nice brace against Barnet in the FA Cup um, replay last week. Um, had a solid game against Grimsby at the weekend. But, um, yeah, he, 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 I think he's due a few goals in this division now um, and he's the one I'd be watching he's a real nightmare to mark because you need a defender who is quick and strong okay yeah so he's testing you in a couple of different ways isn't he um style of play so what do you do three at the back will you will you probably match rex them up what's the uh... yeah I mean it's tended to be uh, a kind of it's a sort of five three two but uh, I mean the thing with Copland Firstly, he's brought in players who are flexible and versatile. And we also have a system that's very flexible and versatile. We can very quickly switch from one up front to three up front. We can very quickly switch from three in midfield to five in midfield to four in midfield, depending on the, the, the phase of play. So we've kind of given up trying to work out what the formation <laughs> is when we see the lineup because it, it just evolves during the, during the match. Um, and, you know, again... We've made a, a virtue out of necessity because we are on a limited budget, have a small squad. You know, we we targeted players over the summer who could play in two or three positions, which is good in terms of when you've got an injury crisis. But it's also good in terms of actually on match day, yeah. you've got players who can who can switch around during um, during matches. Um, so it, it, the the system is sometimes a little bit hard to decipher, but we tend to play with three centre backs. Yeah, that's the that's the one constant that's run through it. Now, I mean, Wrexham play at sort of three centre backs, but we're quite direct. We get the ball from back to front really mm. quick. Is that yeah. is that similar to yourselves, or do you try and build up play a little bit more? No, we that's exactly what what we will choose to do. Um, and the other notable uh, feature of how we play is we don't tend to have a huge amount of possession. I think Saturday against Grimsby, we we were dangerously close to fifty percent possession, which is the first time in months. You know, we tend to be in sort of. 30 40 percent possession yeah. but when we get the ball we do stuff stuff with it that's been Coughlin's um kind of abiding uh tactical approach it, you know he, he inherited a side that was sinking um because we tried to play possession-based football without the squad to do it so instead what he his principle is right 
we we let the other team have the ball, but then as soon as we get it, we attack quickly. Um, yeah, move it swiftly forward, counter attack, um, and we do stuff with it. So there's no passing it along the back line or anything like that. And, and yeah, kind of high press as well, win the ball back, and then yeah, get it forward to the front men using the the wing backs particularly. Yeah, this will be really interesting because Wrexham. I don't know how much you've seen of our games, but that's virtually identical to us. <laughs> Uh, in the fact that you know we don't, there is no tip, there is no tiki taka from from Rex. Yeah, yeah. Get it, get it forward quickly. Um, so that'll be interesting. And, and basically, the team that you've just sort of explained about trying to overplay without the players is the team that we were fortunate enough to play on uh, on Saturday, which is Colchester. They were really mm. open, expansive, tried to play clearly, clearly just not there. And any other team might have given us a problem. Bearing in mind we went down to ten men, obviously uh, early enough. Um, so that a few a few of us were having a conversation in the pub on Saturday, saying you know that we played everyone basically by this point. Who do we think are the two that really stick out? Because you know normally there's one like basket case club in the league who've got problems off the pitch, blah blah blah. Yeah. There's none of that this year. You've got a few really strong, quite well-off teams who are spending money, and then at the bottom there there's there's some poor teams on the pitch, but they're not you know no one's completely cut adrift at this point. And we were saying. You know, Sutton, I think, are, the, are, are probably yeah. going to find it tough. The other team who um, really stuck out for me as being atrocious were Colchester when when we played them. Um, and I think they they are probably the ones I can see dropping into into that 23rd space. You know, I think Forest Green probably rallied, but Colchester, I, yeah, I thought were a really poor team. I mean, we had a, a very bang average night against them and still came away with three points. Yeah, well, I mean, look at us. We were we were not great. Yeah. Went down to ten men relatively early, and still, they did. I know they scored one in the end, but they still did very little, really. So um, that's mm. uh, not a good sign for them, unfortunately. Um, now, I guess Wrexham are going to have to be aware because you've you've claimed the scalp of the top side already. Haven't you? <laughs> did you go to that? What, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I mean, that, that game was, like? It, well, it was a little bit like uh, I said in the introduction. Yeah, we're not coming to. Uh, the Kairas on Saturday expecting three points. We certainly didn't go into the game against Stockport expecting anything other than getting hammered. They were they were my tip to win the division pre-season. I, I haven't changed my mind on that. I still think they've got a fantastic squad and a great work ethic. But we were just on it that day. We also, I think, tactically played a bit of a blinder. They expected us to come out meekly, play one up front and just, you know, try and uh, yeah. park the bus. We took the game to them. It surprised them. We may well end up doing the same against Wrexham, um, but but yeah, Stockport weren't ready for it. They also were just having a bit of an off day. They looked knackered, but we uh, yeah we were we were unlucky enough to keep a clean sheet. It was two one, but it really should have been two nil. Um, and yeah, so that gave us a lot of confidence. That was certainly the point in the season where I went, we're going to be fine. You know, we right. we're, we're not going to um, get anywhere near the playoffs, but we're we're not going to get relegated. So yeah, that was a, a good day. Yeah, I mean, they I, I, again. I don't expect you to necessarily have seen it, but I mean, they, you know, they took us apart uh, mm. when we went there to play them. So, um, you know, and bearing in mind where they are uh, and how good they've been, well, they started slow, but they were just went on this run. Then, didn't they? They didn't yeah. get a. They only had a couple of points after five games, I think, or something, and the, uh, and then they've gone on that run. Um, out of out of that kind of leading pack. Stockport, Mansfield and Notts County are the ones who I think have impressed me the most. Obviously, we've not played Wrexham yet, so I, yeah. I haven't yet formed a judgment. Um, but they, they, I think, were the three who really impressed me most out of all the ones we've played so far. Yeah, I, Mansfield. Yeah, Stockport and, and Mansfield, I'd agree with. Uh, Mansfield have been excellent in the games that I've seen them. So, uh, 
So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and Barrow have sort of snuck out of nowhere at the moment, haven't yeah. they? But um, I don't know. But perhaps post Christmas, it'll be interesting to see if they're still there. Um, mm. You know, will the squad sort of be able to keep it up? And uh, you know, yeah. will, will anybody suss them out? Um, so, what's your? You're coming to the to the race course. Uh, what's have you been before? What's the memories? What's the? Uh, um, you know? No, I've only I've been there for like conferences and work events so i yeah, never yeah, seen yeah, a match okay. there so right. uh yeah yeah that'll be uh be an exciting one yeah first one and obviously it's quite you know it's an old stadium so it's one off the one off the the 92 to, to tick isn't yeah, it? yeah to yeah sort of to get it um it'll be interesting because we're uh, you probably won't be aware of this but we've we've put a temporary stand up uh at the cop end and we're kind of waiting to see if they get approval to use it this saturday the plan is that it's going to get used this saturday um, but we're waiting for the sign-offs and all the, you know, all the in, 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 uh, safety certificates and everything. Um, so that'll be that might be first. Now, if that is up and we've got fans in it, and bearing in mind we've got this sort of uh, Welsh grudge match, uh, as you want to call it, I think we could be set for a good atmosphere. And the Amber Army are going to have to be in good voice. So uh, are they not? Well, we, yeah, are you looking forward? We, we, to we've sold our we've sold our uh, allocation out very very quickly um, in a. A, a, a brave, possibly reckless move. Fans are allowed to buy up to six tickets per person, okay. which means there's going to be an awful lot of people travelling to that who aren't normally on the club's database and everything right. else. So I think that I am a little bit worried about the prospect for trouble. We uh, we recorded our Christmas special the other night, and our kind of abiding Christmas wish to everyone was, you know, have a lovely Christmas, but most of all, like let's not go in and get into any bother at Wrexham and get yeah. arrests and all the rest of it. So um, I think North Wales police are going to be, need to be on their game on, uh, on Saturday, never mind the teams. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would be anyway. They'll be drafting officers <laughs> in from everywhere, I guess. And I've guessed the, uh, you know, your, your local police will be in force as well to, uh, yeah. to pick out the, you know, the ones that they know uh, for want yeah. of a better word. Um, so from that, from obviously you've not seen us play, um, but I guess some players' reputations sort of precede them, as it were. So, I, from your point of view, who do you see the danger men from Wrexham as being? I, I think it's all about the lad Paul Mullen, isn't it? I mean, the, you know, the bits that I've seen um, of you in terms of highlights and on telly, you know, it, it's having that kind of talismanic striker who can score with such ruthless efficiency. That's that's always the thing that strikes fear into anyone's heart. So. Um, I think yeah, it's that that would probably be my go-to. Yeah, that's quite interesting because, um, I mean, he's had a, a slow start because he he got injured when we were playing in pre-season, uh, so missed some games and has come back. And we, I, I don't, you know, we've not seen Mullin really fit and firing as of yet. Um, uh, it's actually been probably Elliot Lee, the yeah. play behind Mullin and whoever his strike partner is on the day, which we again we, we're not sure yet because that's one. For us, that position keeps flip-flopping between a couple of players. Uh, but Elliot Lee's probably been the best player um, who will sort of sit in behind. So that'll be that's int- it's interesting that you say that because uh, you know I get Mullins is the name, but on pay- I think if you ask Wrexham fans, our best player this season so far has been Lee. Certainly, yeah. We in the the, the, the preview questions that we um, were getting a Rex fan to answer for us, they they pick Lee out. I mean, the other person who will obviously have a good game on on Saturday and probably score for you is Ben, ben Toza. <laughs> you know, ex County is it's bound to happen. So I think, yeah, I, I'm expecting him to have a good game. I mean, it, it would make sense for him to be the man who marks um, Seb Palmer Holden. God knows who will put on um, 
on Mullin, probably James Clark. But um, yeah, it'll, I mean, the other thing is if yeah, because Lee tends to sort of drift in from that that left hand side, doesn't yeah. he? So I guess that means that it'll be young Josh Payne who who will be marking him, who we've got on loan from Southampton, who's promising, but he could have quite a, a tortured afternoon, I suspect. Yeah, he's very experienced, Elliot Lee. Irrespective mm. of who his dad is and all that palaver, when you look on paper, he's vastly experienced pro. Like yeah. so, you know. Um, so it's you know that 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 adds to uh, adds to, adds to the threat, doesn't it? When you you know what you're doing as well as having the the materials and the tools. Um, so predictions wise i mean well what would you what would you hazard i mean your heart will say one thing and your head says another that's normally the <sighs> thing for me what's your uh what you know where do you want to go with it what's the score gonna be oh i mean now you're asking i i suspect Wrexham probably will take all three points but if i'm gonna try and be cheerfully optimistic i'm gonna say um a tedious, dry, nil-nil draw that means that we get a point and a clean sheet in the run-up to Christmas, which would be a lovely Christmas present, um, and means that it probably diminishes the chance of any kind of aggro afterwards. So I'm going to say a nice nil-nil. There's not many of them at the race course, is all no, I'll say. We, we, we don't get many of those. I don't think we've had one this season. So, yeah, let's um, let's go for the surprise package. Yeah, uh, it, it's ironic that after last night as well, I don't know how much Premier League football you watch, but I kind of tuned in waiting for this car crash to happen in this Liverpool United game, and it never happened. It was sort of, it was really, it was crap. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, my gut feeling, uh, uh, well, just on that, actually, Phil Parkinson t- tends to throw on all the toys when if you know if it's late on yeah you know he's he's not averse to having three or four attackers on the pitch late on to try and win a game at home so that's the only reason i think uh tempting fate here that's the only reason i don't think it'll be that i think i think it'll be much closer um i, I and obviously being at home i'd fancy us to win it by a goal um there'll be no there'll be no four nil in this not for you boys anyway i don't think but um <laughs> not again um so I don't think that. So Wrexham by a goal was my gut feeling. Um, but what will your day look like? So what what time do you have to leave? How many of you? Is it train, bus, what car? What what do you do? Most most people will be going up by uh, by coach. Obviously, um, where I'm in, in Cardiff, it's just easier to get the um, get the train direct up. Yeah. So um, I haven't really thought about logistics yet. That's um, that's one to worry about later in the week. I just need to get this week of work out of the way um, yeah. first. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, well, it's quite good. For, I mean, the race course is quite relatively good because it's right next to the train. Right station. The station. I, don't, I don't know if yeah. you've done the train before, but you yeah. literally walk straight into the ground from there. So, um, yeah, so it's relatively, uh, relatively easy. Um, so I guess let's uh, there are, believe it or not, there are Wrexham fans that do listen to everybody's pod, uh, everybody's podcasts and uh, spaces and everything. So just give us a give us a, a finishing sort of bit of gen about what you boys are doing and how regularly and when's it coming out and what do you do? Yeah, well, we uh, with 92 XR's podcast, we've been in existence since about 2017, I think. And um, there's a panel of sort of five of us, and we we're scattered around the country. So we've got you know one guy Ian who does all the northern away games. We've got one guy in London, Jamie, who does all of the London in the southeast, and then there's a few of us who are South Wales sort of based who um, who do the home majority of the home games. Um, and we tend to get something out every week, pretty much. Sometimes more if we've got a midweek home game. Um, and you know we are the, the the by the fans for the fans podcast. You know, Rex, yeah. I know you've got you've got a million and one different uh, fan podcasts, but there's there's really only us in terms of fan led um, content for for us. Um, 
Uh, we aren't actually going to be doing a, a, a match report after the Wrexham game because I don't want to be editing a podcast on Christmas Eve. So we're, we're going <laughs> to no, do it in a wrap you. up. Yeah, we're going to do it in a wrap up, I think, um, just towards the new year. But our Christmas special is going to be hitting podcast feeds in the next few days where we've um, the panel sat down over a, a bottle of wine over Zoom and, uh, and and tried to come up with our Frankenstein's monster, best Newport County player. So, you know, if, if you'd have the, <laughs> the left leg from one player and the forehead from another. and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. So that's going to be out, out shortly and was uh, yeah, great fun to record. Oh, that's great. Well, I, it's, it's, this is awkward. I hope you have a nice day, but I also <laughs> hope you don't have a nice day, if that kind of makes sense. Um, some some sort of, you know, just, you know, just a defeat that you're proud of your team, but obviously, uh, you know, you still lose. So at least we uh, at least we get some some points and a, a little bit of good feeling because we, uh, we we've not had much in Newport games lately um, in more recent history. If that's fair, if that's fair comment, I don't expect you to uh, say anything similar. No, I, th- I think it probably <laughs> is about time that the pendulum swung the other way. I've, I've got to say just before we finish that um, the four nil cup replay that you alluded to is is one of my favourite games of you know the last kind of 10 years or so because it was one of those where everyone was really nervy at half time it was nil nil at half time and that you know big attendance lots of focus on it um and people in the concourse were panicking and saying oh i'm worried about this they're going to come at a second and i i just had that calmness going we're we're fine you know because we although we'd not scored we played really well um and it was just going we're going to be fine one goal will go in and then the floodgates will open and i felt so smug when that that was exactly what happened and we, we steamrolled you and it was just a really good pleasant evening but like i say i think the pendulum is probably gonna swing the other way for a few years now so we're, we're kind of ready for it well well uh, have a safe journey if nothing else uh, and if have a good rest of the season please take plenty of points off the top boys for us that'd be great if we <laughs> we'll do thank, our best we'll be thanking you for doing that i'm sure you'd i'm sure you'd love that wouldn't you uh yeah. when rex fans are thanking you for that Thanks, Ed. I appreciate your time, buddy. And uh, as I say, good luck after Saturday. Ciao, <laughs>